It's Tony Nash here with Plugged and Unplanned, and I have author Jane Mara with her book, Think Like an Entrepreneur, The Mindset of Success. Welcome back. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be here. Really enjoying this conversation. Yep, me too. So we were talking in the break, the break between sessions, just about brainwaves. And hmm. it's, I, I assume for the most of us that live on this planet, it's something that we don't think about. Um, but it is, of course, happening all the time. Yeah. Is there so? Just on that, are there any insights or things that that we should be aware of or pay attention to? Yeah. So we started talking a little bit earlier about where you've got your best ideas, and often when I ask that question, people say to me, "Oh, you know, in the shower, or maybe when I'm first waking up, or walking the dog." Uh, particularly in the first book, that was one of the questions I asked all these various people. So. Um, You know, why is that? So, Tony, what's actually happening is when you're in the shower or walking the dog or just waking up and then sometimes just going to sleep, your brainwave patterns are changing. Now, without going into all the thing, but beta, busy beta, is what we're in right now as we're talking, as we actively, you know, analysing and discussing and that's what it is. That's that's not the fastest brainwave pattern, but it's the one we operate in the most. When we get more relaxed into a light meditation state or into that jumping in the shower or that first, you know, first sort of waking up from sleep is going to alpha state and also into theta. Now these are the levels of creativity and intuition. So if you want to be able to access that, you need to know how to deliberately access those levels. Delta, yes, is sleep and, and deeper sleep. But also what's happening, that you may or may not be aware of, is now that we're able to measure all this, all of these brainwave hats are happening at any one time. So we're moving between them and we're holding different states of them. So you can actually train yourself to hold more intentionally theta states, for example to have that creativity on demand or intuition on demand, as I talk about. So there's lots of tools and techniques to do that. Mm. So people get their best ideas in those more relaxed states because, A, they're able to access those deeper levels. And, you know, of course, you're in the shower, you've got lovely water running all over you and all that sort of stuff. And Or maybe for some people it's at the gym and so on. But um, more importantly, you can train that. And that's, that's a really, really critical thing to know. So it's good that we have a shower at work here. Yep. So if anyone is short of an idea, yep. we should be sending them to the shower and just... And there are companies that have done that. In the States, DuPont put whiteboards in their shower, literally. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you just draw on the glass as it gets steamy. Well, you can do that too. Yeah. Should I bring my dog in? So just have him at the, yeah. at the corner there so people can just take him on a walk. Exactly. And then, Absolutely. And, yeah. well, now, now animals are allowed in offices all over the I place. Know, it's I great. Know. You know? I know. I've been there. But yeah. just to So they help thinking. us relax too. You know, mm-hmm. just patting the dog or the cat mm-hmm. will take you into a more deeply relaxed state because mm-hmm. we're actually attuning with them. But that's, that's starting to get into another discussion a little bit. But it's, it just sounds like for me in terms of what you're saying and I'm thinking about my busy life, family, work, mm. all the things that I do, um, by respecting the brain or respect, respecting your body as well, respecting mm. sleep and, and your, but your, your, not so much your brain waves, but which of course they're going on, but just being mindful of by settling and, and understanding how they're operating might give you access to, to better, um, better thoughts or better, better, um, um, conclusions or solutions to things that could be going on in your life. Absolutely, because you see 95% of our consciousness is beyond what we're doing here. So 5% of the brain's function 
is now, is here, and what is available to us. So we have so many thoughts and ideas and feelings that we're just simply not aware of that, that's in that subconscious state. So that's important. So it's the ability to retrieve that and work with that in a very conscious way. Mm. And again, so thinking about that, one of the other people that I interviewed in this book, it was fascinating, uh, is Professor William Tiller. And he has a long, long history of looking into what he's termed intentionality. And by that, it's not about, I intend to go and have a cup of coffee. It's about the intention of actually changing material property of a substance. Now, this guy is not at all someone, you might think that's a bit odd, but he was Professor of Materials Engineering in Stanford for over 34 years. He's a very, very, very senior academic. He's now in his 80s. So he kept his day job, as he said to me, but on the side was developing what he called intention hosting devices, where he was able to broadcast an intention. And he has proven, there's millions and millions and millions of white papers that he has on his website, he has proven without doubt using very rigorous science that you can broadcast intention. Now, given what we've said earlier, the heart is the largest electromagnetic field that of any organ in the body, we are broadcasting the whole time without knowing it. So why do things happen when we're not quite expecting them to happen? Well, that's the extraordinary part itself because we're actually intending out there. So the more that coming back to what we were saying about being in more relaxed states, finding those creative states in those alpha-theta waves, but also focusing and having intentionality about what it is that you want to create every day mm-hmm. before you come to the office, before you come to work, about before you go to a meeting, before you talk to a potential investor, any of that. So that's the third plank, if you like, of the framework that I found that entrepreneurs use. But what's happening is that they're doing this very, very, very unconsciously. It's a bit like, you know, when you drive a car, you get into the car and you don't say, oh, where do I put the key and where's the brake and... You don't do that anymore because it becomes what's called an unconscious competence. Well, same thing here. So the intent of of someone or of or of a project or of of a business is that what you're talk, really Absolutely. talking about? So yeah. So being crystal clear around the yeah. intent. What do you want to create? Mm. So your thoughts are energy. Everything, the whole body is energy. This and we're living in an electromagnetic field. Mm. So without getting into all of that, and that vibrates at different levels. So it's about how you access that and get to those, that part where you're vibrating and sending out the message that you want. So we often wonder why things don't go the way that we want. Now, having said that, I'm not saying I've got the formula to win the lottery. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be nice? But uh, we'll try it. <laughs> no, you can always do that. But it's more about actually understanding these things and what effect we have. And also the effect that we have on other people. I'm sure you've had those situations where you've walked into a room, you referred to it earlier, where, you know, you meet somebody and no, that's not quite right, you know, there's something not quite right here. Or, you know, just the whole energy in the place is down or there might be a bit of, you know, perhaps gossiping going on or that sort of but stuff. That, that to me is intuition. That to me is literally um, yeah. receiving um, data Yep. energy from my environment and and filtering that to know what's going on so yeah certain situation and you probably already then know what's going on but the thing is not everybody does and not everyone realizes how they're contributing to it. but that that's important for me that's important to to look at to learn from previous experiences and to dissect about what happened then what did I learn? To me, intuition is about, and I, when I was a lot younger, mm. and I'm talking about in my early 20s, I had my journals and I would write. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah most That's of them a great about, way to Most of them it. about girls or what we're doing, you know, like, or who I like. But, it, you know, in between those is, is more of my philosophizing and thinking about concepts and ideas and, and trying to um, unbundle mm. what was going on for me or situations and what could I learn. And, and um, the gift, I think, that life gives you is that everyone has the opportunity of, of unpacking that and trying to, to work out if I did something differently next time or what did I learn from that. So, for example, we're, we're here in this building, which is a 13,000-square-meter facility Ooh, with nice. millions of dollars of automation and 200 people working here. And the thing was is that uh, when we were moving to this area, and the reason why we moved there was because uh, I asked, we ask ourselves a question every day, what do our customers want? Mm. And if we can answer that question even though sometimes we may not like it or it's, a, it's hard, it's mm. what they want is, is going to take a lot of work. Um, we, we, when you ask what, what do our customers want and then we were looking at where we were going to move next from where we were in Lane Cove here in Sydney, which is kind of near where we lived. Mm. Um, and and I, I said, well, we, we want to deliver faster to our customers. We, we should be right next to the Australia Post major hub like and if we were right next to them then we would be able to get Mm. um, faster deliveries later pickups better for our customers so I ring Australia Post and I say where's your major hub and they said it's in Chalora Mm. now you know I'm over 50 years old you live in a city all your life and you go I've heard of that suburb but where exactly (laughs) is it anyway and you look on Google Maps and oh it's near the Olympic Stadium well that's where we're moving anyway so we found this building well we found a building in this block and what happened was um, we signed the heads of agreement with Goodman, our landlord. We paid the $10,000. It's ours. Mm-hmm. And on Christmas Eve of 2013, I get a phone call from the real estate agent representing Goodman to say, Tony, I've got the worst possible news. Mm-hmm. One of Goodman's big international clients who rents from them all over the country, their CEO rang um, our CEO and said, I want... That property in unit A, right? Doesn't matter. We're taking it. We want it, and you have to. And that's that's final. And the guy rang me up, and he was sick in the stomach. Apparently, he was sweating bullets before he had to make the make the call. And he gave me the news, mm-hmm. and I said, and I could have been angry. That was an option that I had. I mm-hmm. could have been furious. Mm-hmm. Who are they? I could have. And and so the guy rang me. And he gave me the news, and I said, Sean, relax. The reason you're telling me this, that means that there's even a better opportunity around exactly. the corner. Exactly. Now, but you're very positive, though. Uh, it was the choice that I had. Yeah. So I've known out of my experience that if my reaction is to be really balanced mm. and to believe mm. that actually there is, mm. and that is the only, that is what's available to me, yeah. guess what happened? Yeah. Instead of getting an 8,000 square meter property, Goodman, of course, <laughs> had to help out because we were... We, we helped because them out. Jumped, yeah. Well, we did the right thing by them. No, no, you give it to them. We'll work to find something else. No problem. And we ended up with a 10,000 square meter property, mm-hmm. which subsequently we added a couple of years later, another 3,000. Mm-hmm. And so we now got 13,000. Now, the point is, is that in that moment, we all have a choice how we're going to react. Mm-hmm. The truth is in business, everything come, not every, many things come out of left field. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you think by starting your own business 
or getting married or being a parent. It's all going to be you know, happy ever after. It is not. Mm. And when it does come out of left field, you've got to say, bring it on. Mm. Because if you don't, how are you going to then yeah. ride the roller coaster of the emotional highs and lows of being in business? Yeah. And so exactly. I don't choose those. It's like when someone who's been with us for a long time and strategic and they resign, mm. I say to them, wow, where are you going next? Mm. Well, it must be, if it's good, not here, it must be better than here because like, this is great and you're going somewhere else. Uh, tell me about it. Mm. So you're never uh, worried about or fearful about the fact that somebody else is going to pinch some, one of your people mm. um, and therefore you don't try and live in fear of that and losing, you know, losing that person. So um, that's, it's, a, it's a really important uh, part of the way that I operate um, in terms of running the business and, and therefore I, I can only assume it gives much more confidence and com comfort to others mm. who, who are working with me rather than rage and, oh, and yeah. ranting. And, yeah. Is that something that you've, is, it, is that common that you see when you, because you met a lot of entrepreneurs and... Well, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, the, I think the, the driven part is, is the part, whether they're... Is that one of the common threads? Mm, you're being driven, yes. Passion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and risk-taking that we know, but passion to the point where they won't relent sometimes when they should, mm -hmm. where there's a point there where you need to, I love this word, pivot, or do something a little bit differently. So, yeah. Well, and I've had my own experience of that. Right. So. Yes, I think <laughs> that's one of the things it. where the intuition comes in, is yeah. that you you are relentless hmm. to the point that you know where your horizon point is, hmm. but as soon as you get a sense that that actually is not going to give you the outcome that you want, you've got to quickly be able to pivot and yeah. go, no, no, that's switch. not going to... And, and rather than battling on to the very end, which I do hear a lot when I speak to people and mm. where they, they, no, no, I had this idea, I've got to see it through. Mm. Well, actually, um, the writing was on the wall, the, the messages yeah. were there, your intuition was there, but you, you, and you had to actually let that one go. And also because entrepreneurs are highly, highly intuitive, they're very visionary and they, they see the big picture. Now, I was working with a client a few years ago and she, she used to get so frustrated. She was working in a very traditional um, financial services organisation and so... The other people didn't get it. They weren't with her in that sense, a bit like what you were talking about earlier. They were very 2D, and, but she was five years ahead of them, so she found that very frustrating. And entrepreneurs do find that frustrating, and often they're not very good at the detail. They don't want the detail. It's not about being necessarily ADHD. It's about they just don't want the detail. They want to get on to the next big picture. They see it. I mean, Branson's a really good example of that, mm -hmm. you know, with his spacecraft and everything else. So. Mm. Yeah, and so and you name it. so so the common thread there is the the driven, uh, the intention, uh, having intuition. intuition. So they, these are and the fo that focus, that ability to strongly focus that intention and actually affect reality. Yeah. Yeah. So so have you worked with anyone that was lacking in that area, and you were able to? Oh yeah. Is that right? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a particular group of people, and several groups of people actually. I did some work for some engineers mm -hmm. who were working um, in a situation with one of their board members was highly, highly, highly intuitive. 
So there's a tool that I use, which is a questionnaire assessment that establishes how entrepreneurial thinking slash intuitive you are versus how analytic. I'd like to send it to you, actually. I think there'd be no surprises in what you come up with. So, and that gives that person a report. So these pre-reports had been done before. I was doing a couple of days workshop with these people with some other consultants, and um, they were having huge communication problems with this particular board member and the whole project was running late and it was a piece of infrastructure and it was running about a year late and there were customer complaints and they had every everything happening so there was a lot of stress going on. So when they actually started to understand how they each communicated and why they weren't communicating well, a bit like your 2D versus 3D type of person that you're dealing with, they then were able to be more relaxed about it when they started to understand that they too could achieve a more coherent state and a more creative state because an intuitive state they were again more relaxed about it so they went away after two days with this workshop with a whole lot of tools and techniques and said that was the best workshop we ever had mm, how so, great yeah it's fantastic people who are listening that you it makes you want to hire jane don't you to uh, <laughs> to work in your organization or Maybe come in and just fix that person that you're really struggling with. Maybe that's more the, 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 the motivation. And, and having said that, Tony, I do have to say that, you know, I've worked with people, um, again, I'm talking finance in this area, that, you know, they, re- they wanted to shift... But, you know, there's only so much you can do in a brief period of time. So I did some masterclasses with this organisation and then I did some group coaching after that with up to five people. I had two people on this particular assessment tool that I use um, that didn't really shift at all. Mm-hmm. I had other people that made extraordinary shifts. Mm-hmm. I had a guy who came in and said to me, um, we had a coaching session in the morning this particular time, and he said, you know, he was fairly new in the organisation. He was doing a big report, which was going to um, the CEO that week. And he said, you know, I really should have worked late last night, but I've got a young family, and I went home. And he said, I was really hoping that uh, coming to this session today that I'll have some new insights, I'll be able to put it together really, really quickly. Because that's the other thing that you would know. Working with your intuition means that you can work really, really quickly. Because you see it. You've got the big picture. You know where you're going. So you just put the locks together and go with that. Mm-hmm. So, but of course, you have to get the other people along with you. So... Um, he came to this particular session, which was an hour and a half, and he walked away with three insights that he was able to immediately use towards that report. Mm-hmm. And so he got the time with his family, he got a good night's sleep, and he was then able to be much more productive. Mm-hmm. So using that sort of intuitive entrepreneurial thinking power helps you to be faster and better at what you do and more productive rather than driving through it. Have you, in your journey, come across neuro-linguistic programming? Yes, absolutely. Have you done any work in that area? Yes, I'm a practitioner. Okay, you know, because so am I. Um, Although I have, I did my practitioner probably 25 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, but that's one of the things for me um, to understand um, the the modalities, the visual auditory Mm -hmm. kinesthetic, Mm -hmm. and to a lesser extent gustatory and olfactory. But... um, Knowing that um, I'm visual and I'm an entrepreneur, so seeing it, mm. hearing it, and feeling it, and feeling it right? Exactly. Um, and I guess it's more of an invitation to the listeners to realize, hold on a second, what did those guys just talk about? And if you've never heard of NLP, mm. uh, to very powerful to do it's the science of communication. That's how I exactly. that's how I see it. And I've been able to benefit from doing it. So an invitation, if you're listening, if you've made it this far, um, then please, please do. And if you are already 
experienced in it, then you'll understand what we're saying. But the idea of communicating uh, with others and understanding what their strong modality is, mm. uh, be it auditory um, versus feelings mm. versus seeing it. So um, you need to change the way that you communicate with people mm. if you understand what their strong suit is. And you can imagine in the book industry, mm. there's a lot of auditory people. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not. <laughs> true. Yeah. I'm, yeah. A, I'm a visionary yeah. and yeah. therefore I see things, I see what isn't there. And, mm. and so it's, a, it's an interesting way of, of operating. So your challenge is about bringing people along with you, with that huge vision that you have. Yeah, I guess um, because uh, most of the people here are simply uh, doing their job, so they're IT guys. So there's a lot of visionaries in there because it's the website. It's mm. it's you know what what are we got to create, make visible. Um, the book team who are literally meeting with the authors and and dealing with the authors. They, um, I mean, you don't. You, we we both know. You're using all your modalities all the time. Your your VAK, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. You're feeling. You're you're using words, and you and you're seeing. So, but it's more understanding what their strengths are. My experience is that the people that work for us mm. are most quite often visionary as well. Mm. But we know that when you start working with authors who are putting themselves in a room and writing, um, or the publishers who are backing them. Uh, words are, of course, um, their lifeblood, mm. and therefore, what you say, and and meaning what you say, and therefore, keeping your word is much more important than painting a huge picture of where we're going to take this company mm. and how we're going to do this, because that that doesn't resonate with them. But mm. if you can then put that into words mm. and then make them feel a certain way about it, then you you might have a connection with them. Mm. That's and my because you have to have that emotional connection in order for somebody to make change on any level. Correct. So change is so difficult. So Correct. Yeah. Um, I know we're digressing there, but it is an exciting topic, an interesting mm. topic for me, yeah, it because is. it um, it does explain a lot. So before we close, is there any closing thoughts, ideas, or, or anything about your book that you want to share with us? Yeah, to... I think... Um, thank you for this opportunity, Tony. It's Pleasure. been really, very refreshing. Um, you know, thinking like an entrepreneur is not just about what you're doing out there, if you like. So I often talk to clients about, you know, it's the in from inside out as opposed to the other way around. So there's so much emphasis on, yes, marketing is important, capital raising, all of that, you know, what we're doing with the website, all of those things. But often the entrepreneur suffers if they don't actually look after themselves. So I would encourage anyone who is listening to this who is at all entrepreneurial and in business to self-care and start to... Now take up some of these suggestions about you know going for a walk as we were talking about earlier having the shower moment taking notice of your intuition writing it down as you mentioned earlier that you used to keep a journal so actively working with it noticing and monitoring what happens when you actually listen to it it's interesting you say that because I reckon that's that's good advice for anyone on the planet. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're working for someone else. Mm. Simply taking the time out to take care of yourself so you can mm. be as effective as you can be in your job. I mean, I, I say, I actually haven't said it in a while because it's been so long, but Booktopia was built on Pepsi Max. <laughs> no, no. Because, because I, I work from 9pm to 2am every night 
after we, you know, because I'm in business with my brother, my sister, my brother-in-law, so we had the the internet marketing consultancy right. during the day, okay. and I just worked and then you're the, doing this at in the evenings, yeah. right? Yeah. So, okay. so um, that kind of stimulant kept me going. Uh, and after a, a long time of doing that, it literally felt for me that I, I was waking up in the morning and putting three dollars or three liters of fuel into the tank. Um, to drive around all day to mm. then be exhausted at the end of the mm. day mm. and I did that for quite a while and I realized that that yeah. just did not serve me yeah. and that I you got to really operate I mean everyone knows what it's like imagine driving around and all you're doing is putting enough enough fuel in your tank because yeah, you know, you, maybe you don't have enough money yeah. and you're just really trying to make ends meet and so you go oh I'll just put eight dollars in and you know that you're already yeah. low and every time it feels on low and then all of a sudden you get some windfall or it's your birthday and then mm. all of a sudden uh, your aunt gives you fifty dollars worth of, and you fill the tank mm. and you're driving around with a full tank mm. and how that feels versus mm. having running on empty for so long that's a very good metaphor yeah and i think that's i think for everyone mm. and knowing that you're feeling like you're really operating from a, a tank that's that's just so far away from being empty mm. uh, um, is is just one of the most important things you can do and yeah, I think that served me very well over the years so Jane thanks for coming in and oh, sharing great. with us Thank please anyone that's anyone who's stocking my book <laughs> anyone who's listening think like an entrepreneur the mindset of success uh, you can tell by the way that this interview went I didn't go in and dive into every chapter and talk about the book uh, you've heard from Jane and her thoughts and and ideas about entrepreneurship so it's still a lot for you to consume and, and consider so by all means, uh, the invitation is there. Go out and buy Jane's book, and we wish you all the success. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget, for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.